Welcome, investigator. Evil is on the rise. Crime is escalating. Our mission is to eliminate the crime by exposing evil, examine why it manifests, and highlight the brave souls that confront it every day. Join us as we work together to bring justice to every victim. Welcome to All Things Crime. Here's your host, Jared Bradley. Hey, everybody. It's Jared with All Things Crime. And welcome to 2024. And welcome to another episode of All Things Crime. Before we get started, I just have to get a, a huge shout out to the new listeners and new uh, fans of the show over at Gun Chiropractic. And the reason I bring this up is over the Christmas break, I um, probably to my own detriment went tubing. And that's when you jump on an inner tube and slide down a, a hill that's covered with snow. If you've never done it, it is a ton of fun. But it's also, especially for a guy like me, uh, who's uh, getting up there, a little dangerous. And clearly I did something and I tweaked my back. And within a couple of days, I basically couldn't even walk. I mean, I, I couldn't even stand up straight. So the folks over at Gun Chiropractic took care of me. And man, I feel so much better. And uh, not only are they awesome with uh, customer service, but clearly they are really good at what they do because... I went from not even be able to stand up straight to feeling infinitely better. So thanks for you over there, Gun Chiropractic. All right. So this episode, I was able to, a couple of months ago, actually record a, um, spent probably 30, 40 minutes with Emily Capano. And if you don't know who she is, she is a uh, co-host with the Outnumbered on Fox News. And she also does various other things with Fox News. But she has a true crime podcast. And it's called the Fox True Crime Podcast with Emily Capano. And that aired uh, also during the Christmas break. And it was absolutely awesome. And I was able to just talk with Emily about the MVAC for 30, 40 minutes. It was just fantastic. I was able to discuss a number of the cases that the MVAC, especially the really big ones, the cases that the MVAC has been able to solve. And man, it just it went awesome. I got the audio for it. And so immediately following this, we're going to play it. So hope you guys enjoy it. And please share. Please subscribe to the podcast and make sure to hit that bell so you never miss an episode. And here you go. Here's my interview with Emily Campagno. I'm Emily Campagno, and this is the Fox True Crime Podcast. Far too many cases go unsolved due to a lack of evidence left at the crime scene. Despite many technological advancements throughout the years, collecting DNA is not always as easy as it appears on television. However, one company has developed breakthrough forensic technology that is helping law enforcement bring answers to unsolved crimes. The MVAC is a high-powered wet vacuum that is able to pull DNA from rough and porous surfaces that are normally difficult to extract evidence from. Police agencies in various states across the nation are now adopting the technology. Thanks to the MVAC and its collection services, decades-old cold cases have now been closed, with justice delivered for numerous victims. Jared Bradley is the president and CEO of MVAC Systems and host of the All Things Crime podcast. 
Today, he joins me with an inside look at this revolutionary technology and shares the ways in which the MVAC has brought closure for many families. Jared, I'm so grateful to have you here today. So help explain to listeners the science behind the MVAC and how exactly that technology works. I appreciate you having me on, Emily. It's an honor. And yeah, the MVAC is essentially a DNA collection system that's it's wet vacuum based. So just like a carpet cleaner it is the best way that I have to explain it. So it sprays a sterile solution down onto the surface. What So if you're looking for blood or touch DNA or saliva, whatever you're looking for on, and it doesn't really matter what kind of a, a surface it's on, it sprays that solution and vacuums at the same time. So it creates a little mini hurricane down on the surface and that enables the DNA material, like, you know, the skin cells to break up and, and break off of whatever surface it's on. And then it gets collected into a bottle. And then it's uh, the second stage is actually you concentrate it onto a filter. And that filter is what you send to the lab. And it's they process it essentially the same way they do a swab. And there's no possibility for in that little mini hurricane that it erodes the actual material? Because when I think of cold cases, you know, I picture sort of rotting evidence. I, I picture things that are decades old. I, I picture um, very delicate physical objects or items or scraps of clothing or the like. So can you sort of explain what sounds like a ferocious technology that is clearly, however, very <laughs> delicate in nature? Yeah, well, whatever surface, when you're when you're talking decades old, clothing and things like that, that might be falling apart, you know, that, that might pose some problems, but most of the cases that have been successful with the MVAC in the past, and it includes a cold case as, as old as 56 years, uh, where the evidence was just sitting in the evidence room for 56 years. And we, we got a positive profile off of that. You know, it, it might collect some of the material, like the, you know, the clothing that's kind of falling apart, but a lot of times if the evidence is stored properly, then that won't happen. And, you know, DNA itself and cellular material itself is is actually fairly resilient. So we're not looking for DNA that's like broken out of the cell, which is called free DNA. Uh, we're looking for cellular DNA. So once it's encapsulated inside of the cell and it's inside the nucleus, it's actually fairly robust. And as long as it's in a cool, dry place, it'll last It'll last a long time. So tell us about then some of the challenges of DNA collection, because I often hear um, about how vulnerable DNA is, clearly not in the form that you just described, but how, you know, it, it's almost rare or very difficult to actually extract usable DNA it, for those reasons. So can you sort of dive into why DNA collection is normally so difficult? Sure. Well, number one, D DNA, because it's microscopic, it's it's so hard to, to see. Now, let me throw a little caveat out there. As far as our system goes, um, if you can visibly see the stain, like a, a blood stain or even saliva that's luminescing, and there's a lot there, you know, they can collect it with the, with a swab and get get a pretty good profile. But when you're talking minute amounts, especially touch DNA, which doesn't luminesce, then the biggest problem is just finding where it's actually deposited. So our system is able to cover a little a wider area. And, and like what I described at the very beginning, it can get deeper into the little nooks and crannies of where that DNA material might be. 
the, the second part of it is depending on the surface that, that it's on, um, if it's a rock or a brick, uh, cement, like a sidewalk, a, a lot of times when the investigator is trying to collect that DNA, it just tears the swab up. And anybody that's had any kind of investigative experience has seen this where, you know, you're, you're rubbing the swab over the top of a rock, for example, you can actually see the blood stain, but you can't get to it because it just tears the swab up. Those are the scenarios where the MVAC is the most beneficial because, again, it sprays the vac and vacuums at the same time. So you don't have that, that problem of the swab material falling apart. What was your background? How did you stumble upon or create this amazing technology that really, um, that knows so well, not only the value of the collection, but how incredible the collection itself is? Well, I was fortunate enough to have a really smart dad <laughs> and he was a microbiologist. And back in uh, 1993, they had a big E. coli outbreak. And that's kind of how the MVAC started, that some tainted meat got into the food system and uh, even killed, uh, I think, six children. Uh, and so that really bothered my dad. And he started analyzing the problem, realized that collection, the front end collection was kind of the weak point. And so once he, once he identified that, then he, he kind of migrated into, well, how do I isolate and how do I get more aggressive in being able to cover more surface area as well as get deeper? And that's when he, he actually invented the MVAC. And so he brought me on because of, I have a sales and a military background and two areas that he needed to, because uh, we also looked at military applications. And um, yeah, so I just kind of, was fortunate enough that I had a really smart dad and I wish he'd passed more of that down to me. But the good news is the system itself, even though it was initially designed for the food industry, uh, a cell is a cell. And so whether it's an E. coli cell or an anthrax cell or uh, a skin cell, the collection method is all the same. And so we actually didn't have to change anything when we pivoted into forensics. And we, we did that in 2012, and that's where we've been ever since. Well, obviously, you guys make a great team. And the hallmark of a good team is each one refusing to take um, any type of, you know, um, acknowledgement of, of their own over the other. So I can tell you guys are a great team. Um, so you've been doing this now for over 10 years. So the question is, how have you um, been able to partner with law enforcement agencies has it been easy to integrate that technology? What challenges do you face when you're trying to do this? Because obviously this is an incredible technology. So, you know, I, I assume as always, usually the, the biggest challenge is budget or awareness. But I'd love to hear, and I know listeners would love to hear how this is working, where it's working, and why and how it is not working in certain places so that we can remedy that. Wow. I don't think we have enough time on the show for all of that, but <laughs> you, you, you nailed it with awareness and budget. And um, first started talking to crime labs and, and law enforcement agencies about this. Um, pretty much all we had data-wise was one uh, small study, and then most of the rest of it was just food, you know, the data from the food industry. And so uh, the, the, the critical thing about investigators is when they're when they're looking at their particular case, there's no case that's more important to them. So they're they're looking at our our technology and they're like, well, you know, it sounds great, but I'm not going to be the first one to experiment on my case with you know technology that is not proven. So we had to go to 
lots of um, universities like Boston University, UC Davis, Cedar Crest, uh, some of these really big universities that have great forensics programs. And they produced a, a bunch of data for us. Fortunately, at the same time, uh, the, the labs that, well, the, the lab that first tested our system, um, and they, they had phenomenal recoveries as well, they started reaching out to a couple of agencies that they knew had cold cases that they had tried everything. And one of them in particular was a case called, uh, the victim's name was Crystal Bezlanowicz. And she was murdered with, uh, she was bludgeoned to death with some river rocks and they were granite. And it's kind of hard to visualize, but granite rocks are really rough and they have sharp edges and they had tried swabbing those and, and hadn't gotten much of anything. So the, the lab knew and reached out to them with this understanding that if we, if we have this new technology, if you want to try it on this case that we've tried everything else then what do we have to lose kind of thing. And lo and behold, they got 42 times more DNA recovery than what they needed to produce a, a good profile. So that case kind of launched us into the national spotlight. And the upkeep has, has been kind of, or the uptake, I guess, has been kind of slow, but there's a lot of people that have that have tried the system. And uh, initially, they, they typically try it on the, the really difficult cases, the cases that they've tried swabbing multiple times. They've tried, you know, other methods and just haven't got a good profile. And maybe they're at a dead end. They're waiting just for new technology like us to come along. And, and then once it does, they try it. And we've had, we've had some pretty amazing successes from that. We're going to take a quick break. More from our guest after this. So talk to us about costs, because when you hear something like this that is so exponentially more helpful and effective, then, you know, it's like, no brainer. Okay, great. So is this twice as expensive as the current technology? Is it four times? Is it, you know, in the long run, when you look at something holistically, any efficiency is better for you in cost. And you can say, well, this, you know, is far outweighed in cost by the millions of appeals or the human cost of unjust prosecutions of the innocent, right? This is this is exonerating and it's also identifying, right? So you can argue all that, but in terms of just dollars and cents, what are we looking at here? Well, it's if you exclusively look at it, the MBAC sample versus a swab sample, it's, it's magnitudes more expensive, but you would expect that, you know, a swab is just basically a, a sterile Q-tip, whereas the MVAC is an actual machine. It's actually applying multiple forces onto the surface and it's much more aggressive. So the, the benefit, the true benefit of the MVAC is like what you said, you're solving cases that you can't solve any other, any other way. Uh, there's been a couple of exonerations where the MVAC has helped. Uh, we've worked with like the Innocent Project and a couple of people have been released from prison because of the, the MVAC and what it was able to do. But I think I think the biggest benefit is actually being able to solve cases and the victims finally getting justice, which is huge, not just for the victim and the victim's family, but also the community. But in addition to that, when you solve like a cold case, uh, there's been some research done and, and the, the cost in man hours, additional testing, all of that kind of stuff to every cold case, every time they pull it off the shelf and have to reevaluate it, look at it, 
you know, it's, it's the tunes of tens of thousands of dollars. So there's, there's costs that are coming from everywhere. So if you just look at it in a silo, yeah, it's not very cost effective, but if you look at it on the overall picture to the, not just the investigation, but to the community as whole, and more importantly, to the victim and the victim's family, that cost is pretty minimal. Right. And so who needs to hear that message? Have you testified in front of Congress? Are you at law enforcement conferences where decision makers or, you know, budget approval decision makers are there? Like, we get this, but who needs to hear this further for this technology to be adopted in a more widespread way? Thanks for joining us. Your attention today brings us one step closer to exposing and eliminating the evil that brings crime to our communities. Hit subscribe and share this episode. Together, we will bring justice to every victim.